Welcome to the Biohackers Live Show. My name is Teemu Arena. I'm your host today. We are making a comeback. So that's in preparation for the upcoming Biohackers Summit. That's going to be our fifth year anniversary. It's going to take place 1st and 2nd of November in Helsinki, Finland. The land of thousand lakes and sauna and ice swimming and all that. Everything that people are health conscious and interested in optimizing their health and well-being should be, you know, coming for. We have already hundreds of guests coming from all around the world. Uh, I just checked it's over 30 different nationalities. So if you happen to be, you know, one of those people who haven't been to Biker Summit so far, you've been to one of our actually eight different events we have had in Stockholm, Tallinn, London, and Toronto, and Helsinki. You should definitely come back because this is going to be the biggest and the greatest production we have done. And we put our hearts and our minds into producing all of that. So I will be starting um, this show by introducing different guests who are coming to Biker Summit to speak. And uh, before we jump into our today's guest, I want to also tell you about the opportunity to join uh, this conversation. So you can actually use hashtag uh, biohacker summit so hashtag biohacker summit you can use that to join the conversation and if you want to get information about the summit just go to biohackersummit.com and you can see more information about our upcoming event so with that um our guest today is Oli posti he ordered the book supermarket survival it has become one of the top five selling books uh, at some point, top one um, online and uh, in different bookshops uh, for, I mean, that's, a, that's already an achievement and it's, it's become a phenomenon um, because this book dives deep into how you can survive a today's supermarket. You know, when you go to a supermarket today, it's full of all kinds of nice things that they want to sell you. But not all of those nice things are good for you. They might, you know, destroy your health. And those are the most visible items in most shops. So what you want to search for is the real gems, you know, in, in your supermarket. And this book is the guide that you want to rely on. Uh, and the English version of this book is launching at Biker Summit. So if you want to get your copy, come over. Now, Oli Posti, welcome to the show, man. Hi, it's really great to be here. It's an honor. Yeah, yeah, I, I've got the honor to know you for a long time. You you were a so source of inspiration for me to get into healthy eating er in early days, like over 10 years ago. Okay, nice to know. Yeah, you wrote this, um, this interesting online book called Nutrix, which was kind of like the matrix of foods. Suddenly, I discovered that mm, there's better stuff that I can eat, uh, that is more nutrient dense and more healthy for my body, including like I'm drinking right now. This is birch sap, you know, it's pretty awesome. Uh, straight from a tree, mm. full of electrolytes and some raw chocolate. I discovered raw chocolate, not just through you, but uh, through, through my co-author, Jaakko Halmetoja, who I wrote this uh, biohackers handbook with. So together with me and Dr. Oli Soviari, he's been diving deep into optimizing yourself. So check out biohackingbook.com. It's a big book. Uh, it's available now in English. But anyway, raw chocolate. So 
Um, tell me about you know some of your favorite superfoods, and and why you use them. Mm. I would say nowadays I'm the the whole idea of superfood is to have something really nutrient dense and something that has a lot of different nutrients that you really need. So nowadays maybe my superfoods are something like a really high quality liver from let's say a Highlander type of animal or some kind of free range animal or something like that. But uh, concerning the superfoods that actually popular that were used to popularize the word back in the in the last decade, uh, I just had some goji berries. I like those. <laughs> I, mm. I like them all. I, it's kind of hard to know which one is the best yeah. because they all have kind of their own use. I like, like uh, uh, yesterday morning, mm. I had a lot of really uh, strong maca in my morning drink and uh, I really felt the effects. So that's a fun thing too. Yeah, absolutely. Here's some chocolate for you, man. Nice, thanks. So that's, that's actually formulated by my friend, Jaakko Halmetoja. So... Um, Okay, so superfoods, nutrient-dense foods. They are not necessarily super, but they are definitely packed with nutrients that have not been fully destroyed by the industrial manufacturing process. Now, our, our food chain is, is full of all kinds of beautiful things, but for some reason, they get completely lost uh, once they get to the supermarket. So the, the wild nutrient-dense herbs are not there. You know, you have something like parsley and and maybe some rucola that are some of the best, you know, nutrient dense things you can get, but most of it is, is pretty bland. And uh, many of the great berries like bilberries are not there. It's going to be like most likely farmed, more these bush uh, based kind of uh, blueberries that are exponentially less in nutrients. Now, why is that? Why, why don't we have good food in supermarkets, man? Yeah, I guess everything comes down to demand. And demand comes down to our consciousness. And our consciousness has been created or at least manipulated by mass media. And the business model of mass media has been to sell us something that can be manufactured en masse in, in big quantities. Because I cannot have a big media and advertise blueberries. I just can't. Mm. I have to have a big cookie company or a big soda company or something. And the big company needs standardized ingredients and how do you make let's say sugar cane into a standardized product that doesn't vary and all of that well you take everything away mm. so so that's kind of the logical and logistical chain chain of reasoning that mm. brings us the actually very nutrient poor food that we have nowadays and when you look at what gets advertised it's it's not blueberries it's almost always something that has been Almost completely or almost completely stripped of everything beneficial, and then it has some maybe synthetic additives in place. So, so you are you are basically referring to all those beautiful images where we might have, let's say, on a piece of ice cream packaging, we might have a strawberry, a, a, a strawberry or a blueberry, mm -hmm. an image of it. But when you look at the ingredient list, it's a flavor, yes, or or something and like color. this. Yeah. Or color. Uh, I think one of the big scandals in Finland some years back was all these avocado dips. And oh, yes. the actual amount of avocado was like less than uh, 1%. And most of it was something else. So uh, we have all these fake foods now. And you mentioned advertising. I guess that's because those who have biggest margins have also biggest budgets. And they can reach most eyeballs. Um, 
So and it's not just the margins, it's the scale. It's the scale mm -hmm. of the manufacturing, basically. So if you have big, uh, big plants, big manufacturing plants, that's kind of what you need to be able to get your word out in the traditional media, let's say. Right on. And, um, okay, so when you go to a supermarket, one of the things that I learned from you is that you should avoid all the ISOs that are in the middle because most of those are the products that have the longest shelf life. And you should go through the sides where you have, you know, um, usually the refrigerator things like um, you, you might have some 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 different kinds of plants maybe or or fruits and uh, all all the things that have shorter shelf life uh, on average and and well you can find all kinds of cool things also in the middle aisles like maybe some really high quality olive oil but it's probably not going to be the most visible thing there so that's what i learned from you also is that it's probably going to be somewhere low or not in the most visible spot but the visible spot has been taken by uh some crap in a plastic bottle in a transparent plastic bottle that is probably some other form of vegetable oil that is probably not good for you. So it's the demand of consumers that drives what is in front of our eyes. And if you want to eat nutrient-dense foods, you go for foods that are more expensive. They're a bit hidden. They don't have the biggest marketing. And they're kind of, I mean, they are not next to the cashier, right? Yeah. I mean, this is still a quite a new conversation. We used to not want and seek nutrient density. We used to seek cheap calories. That's what we were after for many decades, for almost many generations. So now it's, of course, changing rapidly, but we're still in the early stages of the transformation in a way. Most people who go to supermarket, which is most people, when you look at what they're buying, they are. Like, they're not really making active choices. They are kind of passive, passively doing what the system sort of tells them to do in a way or makes it easy for them to do or kind of nudges, nudges them in the way of the candy or the soda or something mm. like that. So we need to be more active. We need to realize that there's nobody in the system who is looking after us. We need to do it ourselves and we can do it. We can help each other in there. Mm. You are not a big proponent of specific diets like that you should eat in a specific way, but you basically teach people how they can take any diet and, and how they and make it better how they can upgrade basically the different choices that they make so can you give us some examples from uh the angle of or point of view if you if you were for example a vegan or if you were a carnivore or if you were let's say on a ketogenic diet so uh or or your child who's going after candy so what kind of replacements would you do yeah, I would always go for quality and also broader selection. Like, for example, let's say that you are on a carnivore diet. You can have some poor quality muscle meat only, and then your health is probably going to deteriorate. Or you can have the highest quality animal foods, and you can have everything from snout, snout to tail. And so, so those are kind of, that's kind of the scale that why, you have. Why, why does your health go down with the poorest quality? Yeah, uh, <laughs> for every reason. Uh, yeah so but that's that's an important question so the poorer the quality the less you have of the nutrients that you need mm. and also almost by definition the definition of poor quality is that you have less of the things that are good for you and you have more of the things that are bad for you which is toxins that's a word that sometimes gets you 
fitted with a tinfoil hat if you say that there can be toxins or poisons in the food, in the food. and sometimes that is a clickbaity thing. That's a thing that uh, if you if I write a blog article, there's poison in your food, that's going to get some clicks. But I'm not really referring to that kind of sensationalism. Mm. I'm just like that's just a fact. Like I mean, uh, if you want to grow something cheaper, then you mm. give give it like cheaper meal, or you give it or whatever. You, like mm. you you can you can do things better or worse and when you do them worse then you just end up with more toxins basically yeah the, the feed can have more toxins or so so the way i see it it's that it's the food is going to be more expensive actually because you have to eat more of it to get the same amount of nutrients because they fed... same amount of calories at least mm. but not sure yeah. about the nutrients nutrient quality yeah and you might get antibiotics and what else that is lurking in our meat now let's take vegetables you're a vegan uh what would you up- update there yeah uh look, a lot of times i would say that um when we think about health we think about the foods that we know are healthy and the foods that we eat when we're really trying to put some effort into it but mostly almost all of us just eat something we just grab something quick we might i might be a vegan but i might have soda and candy and uh, those kinds of things so i would most of all focus on upgrading those like for example let's say i crave sweets whether mm. i'm a vegan or not i could go for let's say uh coconut water instead those kinds of easy easy switches for yeah. something i have some fermented birch sap it's pretty biohacked yeah thing, exactly so a lot of people probiotics. a lot of people would think that okay there's some health conscious people here and we're like almost health gurus in a way so we probably have a really strong will and self-control and our lives are probably very restricted but i eat candy i have i have candy right here but it's made of high quality ingredients like let's say uh way from some heritage breed cow living in mm. some excellent conditions that, those kinds of things so yeah i'm fine with that so i would just go for whatever your diet is i would just go for the easy upgrades whatever you like to eat whatever your habits are you just it's find something better, which is much easier nowadays than it was 10 or 15 mm. years ago when I was trying to find the better whatever. I had to order a lot of food online, actually. Okay, I, I'm going to give you rapid-fire questions. I'm going to give you an ingredient, and you give me in a, in a short way what would be a better option. Okay, yeah, great. Are you ready for it? Okay, let's try. Soda. Coconut water or kombucha? Okay. Uh, carrots. Carrots are fine. Organic carrots. Mm. Uh, white onions. Organic white onions. Or, yeah, yeah, it's mm. fine. I would. Also- I mean, of course, you could say that the red onion is better. It has more quercetin and stuff like that. But I'm not sure. I, I think if you crave white onion, then you should kind of have that. I, I feel like there's probably something in there also that's not in the red onion. Maybe I don't know. But mm. I, I wouldn't bet against it. Okay, tenderloin beef, which is organic. Uh, grass-fed tenderloin beef. Hmm. And grass-finished, as they say. Okay. Um, uh, chicken. Organic chicken or free-range chicken or chicken from small farm or, or a place that you know that the chicken is having a good life, basically. Right. Um, or duck or something more wild, maybe a bird. Hmm. Uh, grinded coffee. Ah, the coffee that you grind yourself, I guess. 
you you would get like the full beans. That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, white rice. White rice. I would go for that because I believe, like many biohackers, that I, at least my experience is that when I have something other, something else than white rice, I actually get more tired. I'm not sure why, but some people say that there are some anti-nutrients there and things like that. Mm. I would have white rice or organic white rice or organic white rice from a European country instead of some maybe India or Thailand, which might have more ar- arsenic and cadmium in it. Mm. Pumpkin seeds. Austrian, Styrian uh, pumpkin seeds, I guess. Mm. Like the, the bigger, the darker ones, the more tasty ones. Okay, uh, some kind of milk-based uh, vanilla ice cream. Organic one, or then you could just make up something similar yourself from better ingredients. Like I might use, let's say, coconut milk or coconut cream and maybe frozen local Finnish berries and uh, quality local honey, and I would kind of just blend my own ice cream like that. Or there are like tons of really good ice cream recipes online. Like you have your biohackers ice cream, which is like super good. Yeah, yeah. You can find from the biker's handbook, you can find Matcha Giver, which yeah, is what's amazing. Yeah, it, it's basically what MacGyver would eat if he had an ice cream. Um, so uh, let's give you maybe one more. Um, potato chips. Yeah, the better. The more expensive, the more colorful, maybe organic potato chips. Or you can make like your own sweet potato chips and you could use better better oils you could if use you, if you want to have some salty snacks other than yeah, potato yeah, chips could, what would you go for yeah i personally like avocado with dulls mm. maybe dulls people, is a seaweed basically yeah. yeah and a lot of people like avocado with salt or something salty and sometimes when you crave chips you actually just crave salt so i could actually have just salt with water and that would be it okay all right so um, tell us a little bit about the you know, act of eating itself. So it seems like people are taking themselves super seriously nowadays uh, because they read all kinds of stuff online and they get mm-hmm. excited about different diets and that could be a ketogenic diet or or some kind of, uh, I don't know, vegan diet. So um, where did all the fun go? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like identity politics or something. like. And uh, I think Jaakko Halmetoja told me once that uh, if you eat this, like he, he had made some uh, wild rice cooked in chaga tea and it was like super high quality in every way. And it told me, here's a bowl, but if you eat this, you won't go to raw food heaven. So I was like, <laughs> maybe I'll just eat this. <laughs> so, yeah, but sometimes it's, it's not quite that fun. Uh, I think when it comes to anything that's related to health, there's behind everything there's some amount of subconscious fear of death there so that's why it some, sometimes gets so so not fun i think that we would all do better if we treated food and health kind of like we treat fashion it's fun to go shopping and it's okay if we don't have the exact same clothes it, it's actually fine that we don't have the t- same taste and we can influence each other be influenced by each other we want to go to a big city and see all sorts of styles and it's fun so we should treat food like that but Mm. yeah we should basically just get over our 
subconscious fear of death and just enjoy this life. That's kind of the answer that I can give. Right. I think there is in the nutritional recommendations in some South American country, maybe it's Brazil. Brazil, yeah. Yeah, in Brazil, they have also the fact that you should cook the food yourself from the beginning to the end and eat it with family. So they emphasize the social aspect of eating while here in uh, you know Finland and the US probably also, they are just looking at plates and what you should have on it. Um, and I mean, there is a lot of studies that show that these centurions who live a long life, uh, they first and foremost, they live this kind of slow life. They're not in stress and hurry, and they spend a lot of time with friends and family and walk you know, to their houses, and they cook together, and maybe they have a glass of wine occasionally, all that, and they seem to live long and, and healthy, while you know, all those people who are super concerned about their food and they're you know, living this modern lifestyle, yes. they're getting diabetes and heart disease and all that. So I guess there is no real correlation there, but um, it's interesting to me, like, where, where did the social aspect go because I think many families are not really eating together anymore. So someone is having lunch at work, someone is going for you know some dinner with uh, with friends. The other one is uh, eating in front of their computer, and they're not really cooking together anymore. Yeah, and a lot of people aren't really having that much of a social life. Even like people are really busy. They're at work, and they might not even like their go- co-workers that much. It's not like a family, and then. They're kind of from from morning to to night. They're quite busy, so that's not very healthy way to live. Mm, right on, being busy. So you've been busy writing this book and uh, uh, putting it out there. Uh, what is the biggest thing that you have learned? Uh, you know, making this thing. Ah, that's a good question. This thing. Yeah, I guess what I personally learned was that it was a long process for me to basically tone down and take away some of the things that I felt like I wanted to say but would kind of throw people off a little bit. Uh, I feel strongly about many of these things because it's so real for me. I know how it is to be very unhealthy and be in trouble and have have like really bad diagnosis and all of that and I was for a long time was very angry like why aren't we being told about these things that I want to tell so that was maybe my biggest lesson was to just tone it down and just just give the good advice without the sermon or without the like too much too much shouting in a way mm. okay so in terms of um uh you know surviving the supermarket I guess like uh, this guide that is giving you, you know, ideas on how you can optimize uh, your food choices. So you, you can choose better ingredients, more quality ingredients, not necessarily not necessarily more expensive. I remember you recommended, for example, in some cases to have certain frozen foods instead of going for the fresh isle. Uh, for example, certain meat products or seafood might be actually good from a freezer. Uh, instead of the one they already took from freezer and they they melted and put on display, so um, um, and and all that you know what goes into advertising that not necessarily the best stuff it is advertised. Now, um, what what is the impact of 
of these kind of things, talking about the fact that we should become more conscious as consumers when it comes to our food choices and which marketing we want to go after for. Yeah, I guess the impact we're all going for is a place where it's no longer profitable to advertise lies, basically. And it's more profitable to to basically just spread the kind of message that will set people more free. The old business model was, was to make almost drug-like substances like monosodium glutamate and those kinds of things and get people hooked on white sugar and things like that and then advertise to them in a not very intellectual way just to remind them of of the and uh, yeah of, yeah so mm. uh, that wasn't that wasn't too much fun and mm. the more conscious we become the more immune we become to that kind of thing and so like uh, fake blueberries and yeah, all that yeah or, or yeah or just whatever the the kind of candy thing that we have at our disposal pretty much wherever you go Right. In, in this society. I remember these old advertisements from Finland that were about sugar and uh, they basically advertised that sugar is a really nice source of energy if you're a child. <laughs> so um, let me see if I can actually find that. Um, so, so things have definitely changed in the last few years. Um, yeah. let, let me see if I can actually actually find yeah. this. Um, not necessary. Our goal is to modify the consciousness and the demand in a way that makes it profitable to actually do good in this field. It used to not be like that. It used to be very difficult to sell high quality products. Right. Oh, here is some. Don't say no. And <laughs> there's a huge cup of sugar, Finnish sugar. Uh, and if you're not touching sugar, uh, you have inherited that act from them, them for whom sugar was an expensive treat. And, and so they're basically saying that because sugar is now uh, affordable, you should go for it. And uh, uh, this is actually advertising chocolate, but I guess it's more about advertising sugar because it's not that much sugar, really. Uh, there's all this uh, pretty ridiculous old old advertisements uh, that that have existed um, in in history i i want to ask you um, about your dreams uh, so i've noticed here in finland for example now we have things like superfoods that have huge isles that are sold yeah it's amazing in, yeah. in just regular supermarkets and that has happened so fast i just took my friend eduardo wild who is uh uh, one of the biggest resellers of uh, some of the biohacking products in the Netherlands and Benelux countries like Bullet, uh, Bulletproof and Neurohacker and Natural Stacks and all that. And, and I, I took him to, to one of these stores and he was amazed about the selection and quality that yeah. you can get in Finland. That's, by the way, another reason why you should come to Finland for Biker Summit, 1st and 2nd of November. You're going to see all this awesome selection that you can find from a supermarket but also from a health food store so we went also to Ruohonjuuri. Ruohonjuuri is kind of the, the biggest of, of its kind uh, in, in terms of uh, uh, those kind of products there's a lot of great uh, superfood companies in Finland Foodistamo, Foodin um, 
uh, yeah, there is a bunch of, uh, yeah, that's coconut water is from them, for example. Uh, and uh, all of these companies are getting bigger and they have, you know, cooler product lines. And uh, I haven't seen anything like that when I go to, you know, some other European countries. So they so often small selection from different vendors, uh, but these guys are taking over and they have huge selection of, of really cool stuff and supplements and all that. Why is it that Finland is so ahead in, when it comes to nutrient-dense foods and these companies? Yeah, it all comes down to culture. I mean, uh, sometimes business is just business and then not much is going to happen. But here we are very serious about it. Like there's a bunch of people. There was a bunch of people and then it was a bigger bunch of people and so on who really believe that, really believe that mm, the world will be a better place if we just can get the quality food in the hands of more and more people. So there is kind of a story there. There, there is a saga there, kind of. There, there is a movement, really. And many people, so many people have just kind of joined in. They had no idea what to do, but they were like, I, just, I want to join. I want to do something. I want to contribute. And, like, and then you just learn. And people help each other a lot. Even, even some of the companies kind of share information and, and help each other. Sometimes there's competition, of course, but there's there's a lot of cooperation. It's more than just business. And at least I, I want it to be more than just business. I I don't ever want it to be just something that the companies do for only numbers. There must be a bigger reason there. And, and there is in our country. You have been part of formulating a number of products and looking at, you know, what would be the most hi-fi, uh, uh, you know, ingredient list for specific products and you you work with probably all of them all the biggest ones uh here in finland um if not in product development but also helping them to get the products out there um what have you learned by by looking at you know producing foods like that at scale like how do you, how do you make it so that it, it it can reach you know consumers and how do you create a trend for something new that didn't exist before. I'm just referring to coconut water, for example, that um, Foodistan, one of the companies, have said that, you know, here in central Helsinki, the the supermarkets are are selling more coconut water than they are actually selling uh, Coca-Cola or or certain sodas. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, There's so many ways to answer that question and there are so many reasons and I only can guess really. But I guess my answer from my perspective is that when a bunch of people get together and they have a dream and they feel about it strongly and they keep at it from year to year and even from decade to decade, things will happen. Like miracles will happen. Like for example, the reason that the thing that brought, for example, the coconut waters to to these stores was that There was this guy, uh, Joni Inkinen, who is just, he's probably the best one in Finland in just uh, selling stuff for the resellers. And he joined the company who brought brought in the for example, coconut water in a big way. So uh, it just kind of, things just fell in place. But it's like, there's so many things that have happened throughout the years that have made almost impossible things possible. But... I think there, I, I mean, I believe that there's some kind of power or force that happens when enough people are like very strongly motivated 
constantly and they keep at it and things just happen. <laughs> that's 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 how I see it. That's all I can say. Yeah, they can really uh, take over uh, some of these big corporations who are pushing us. If the will us. is big enough if and If the will is enough. big enough, yeah. yeah. I see that happening with uh, raw chocolate. It is really becoming popular, taking over compared to all these sugary uh, mass-produced piece of chocolate. That there's, there's no emotion there. Like nobody mm. is waking up in the morning feeling like super strongly. I want to sell more white sugar to the kids today. Like they're, they're not going to have their heart and their soul in it. Mm. So there's yeah, no purpose. I, I remember when I was working as a consultant for um, uh, so. Uh, for different companies and their social media strategies. One thing that I noticed when I worked with um, some of these companies that are involved in selling, let's say, you know, different sodas is that in the marketing department, I met these people in different conferences, they might even not use the products of their own company. Yeah, so they're just, yeah. you know, it's their day job. They might actually go for a run. They might go for a gym. They might be, you know, drinking only like, water or sparkling water and they would avoid the the drinks that their company is selling but when they go to do, go to their job they would you know keep on selling you know that crap and uh mm -hmm. it's it's such a you know it used to be like that you mm -hmm. wouldn't have choices because there wasn't any other kinds of businesses to join at least in this field so we're trying to change that right definitely things are changing uh kombucha uh, has become big in in the last year here in Finland and um, uh, yeah, uh, kombucha has become you know the new Coca Cola in a way it's, in it's, some places in yes. some places yeah for for people uh, who are or a new way of uh, having a beer when you go to sauna instead of a beer you get a nice bottle of kombucha and you get the probiotics. I mean, you get a blood sugar spike with that also, but in the end, like it's a, it's a much healthier it's an upgrade. It's That's, an upgrade. Yeah. It's a healthier choice in so many ways. So what are your favorites when it comes to like your daily, you know, nutrients, uh, foods, uh, supplements, whatever, you know, give us some tips. Yeah. What, what do you personally For use? me personally, the most important is magnesium. I couldn't live without that, at least not in a big city. Mm, some other supplements I need in my hectic schedule sometimes is B vitamins. Those are really important for me. Maybe omega-3 fats also. Um, for me, the, all the fat-soluble vitamins are really important, but they are difficult to get from a bottle. So I try to get sun. I try to get liver or high-quality cod liver oil for vitamin A. And then vitamin K2, that's a mystery. I try to do as good as I can with that. The vitamin K-rich foods are hard to come by and they're expensive. It's difficult, but I try to do my best. And sometimes I also take it from a bottle. Mm. Uh, zinc is important for me. Mm. Why? But it, it just is. I mean, I, I notice it. Uh, if I don't take it or even even just my the way my brain works and oh, I, and. It, how I have energy to do things mm. and also probably in my skin or something like that. But um, all the electrolytes, salt is important for me. Mm. Hydration in general is important and potassium is important. I drink a lot of coconut water, but I also do some potassium salts and that kind of thing. Those really help me keep going. And I like a broad selection of high quality hydration. 
like it's so great like you have this uh Koivun mahla what is it in yeah this is from estonia actually this birch is like a firm sap. fermented birch sap wow. and what i like about birch sap is uh you know the fact that some of the sweetness can come from xylitol and yeah. uh that that's pretty cool um and uh, i i recently discovered also uh mahla what is that maple maple sap maple sap so not maple syrup but maple sap and what i really like about these saps that you get this time of the year is that you can you can make a you know you can replace your water that you use for making something like coffee or tea you can actually use this wonderful sap that is full of electrolytes and full of full of nutrition and vigor and life and you know just you know some willpower to to make this uh has been in the plant uh, and i really feel it you know when i drink something like that my headaches go away obviously uh, probably related to uh low electrolyte status and 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 so on so if you're on a ketogenic diet you definitely want to get your electrolytes and not just you know throwing a little bit of salt into your water but maybe search for forms of water that um, are are great for nourishing your electrolyte um, balance. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what what else uh, would you throw in, like as your favorite foods? Or I, I remember you you run around with a lot of green green powders uh, uh, also. So what are your favorites when it comes to greens? Yeah, I guess in Finnish supermarkets we have these fresh herbs that are quite fine quality. Like they have some real aroma to them so for example basil or parsley things like that whatever you crave at the moment i guess uh, those are really good and some green powders also i like and green juices green smoothies i try to do more of those mm. than i naturally crave i that's something that i just try to get myself to do and usually i don't like sometimes like a lot of times i could do more of that but yeah i do what i can and all the other colors also here in Finland, we have really high quality frozen berries, just amazing. So I try to do a lot of those. Bilberries, lingonberries, uh, all that. So yeah. less sugary berries. Like for example, Finnish mm. raspberries are just beyond belief. They're like just awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so um, sea buckthorn. Yeah. Uh, sea buckthorn is probably, you know, the best best way to have your lemon water in the morning is to actually yeah. use sea buckthorn instead. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, I like to mix sea buckthorn juice with ginger and a dash of lemon and, you know, uh, I'm craving already for that. So, uh, what else, like, would you throw into your day? Like maybe something unusual, give something unusual. You, you know. hmm. mm, let's say, uh, for example, this is a product that I like. It's Rohtos Labs, a Finnish company. It's rauha, which is peace in peace. English. Mm. It's just something that's balancing to my body type, I guess. It has theanine and it has ashwagandha. Those types of thing, things mainly. And also it has a different form of some kind of form of tyrosine, which is good for my brain chemistry. I sometimes, eh, sometimes, almost always nowadays, I walk around with a bag of supplements, basically. That's my dirty little secret. Yeah. Do you take like, uh, when you go for eat, do you take like uh, digestive enzymes? Nowadays I do. Again, I used to for, not for a while because I always 
had kombucha with me or something like that. Or I felt that natural ferments like kimchi, some things like that, or sauerkraut are better for me than the commercial enzyme supplements that are made from mold or yeast. And you can kind of taste, there's something a little bit off there. And I'm not sure if it's really good for me. I'm not sure if I do a lot of those, if I really feel good from it in the long term. But lately I feel, I've been feeling that the benefits outweigh the, uh, the harms or whatever. Right. So I, uh, yeah, I do have some enzymes with me again. The one way that I've noticed that you actually assess the quality of a supplement is that you actually break the capsule in your mouth. Yeah. So yeah. you would eat it and you know feel it in your mouth and see see what what kind of stuff that yeah. is. So supplements are food. Like the mm. the line between supplement and food, it's uh or What's that in English? Yeah, it's, it's kind of hazy. Yeah, it's hazy line in the air. Yeah. Mm. Thin line. So yeah. Um, what are your go-to sources online when you are doing research? If you really want to know about, you know, an ingredient and what it is all about, let's say you're you're researching zinc and you know its benefits. Where would you go? Yeah, I kind of go all over the place. So <laughs> yeah, so I would go everywhere. I would look at all sorts of different points of view. Maybe I would start with. Just for convenience, I would start with the, shall we say, health gurus that I already appreciate. For example, I might Google Ben Greenfield zinc. So I would, mm. I might start with that and kind of see where it goes. Yeah, I have Ben's book here. It's you actually have Ben nice Greenfield's book. book here, Beyond Training. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Um, in terms of sources of knowledge, do you follow some biohackers online? Like, who are your favorites? It kind of goes back and forth. It it depends. Uh, I have times in my life where it's relevant for me to study more of this kind of thing. For example, if I'm writing a book or if I have a health problem or if somebody I know has a health problem or something like that. Uh, I'm not really a health expert by choice, but by uh oh, like a, necessity. I just could, uh, yeah by necessity yeah so mm -hmm. sometimes when i don't have the necessity uh, then there are other things that interest me more that's a kind of problem maybe but right now i'm back into studying these things and uh mm -hmm. whatever i might be writing about for example sync then i really enjoy the process of going through just everything that i can possibly find right Okay, very cool. So you are one of the speakers at Biohacker Summit on first uh, and second of November. That's going to take place in Helsinki, Finland. You can learn more about it at biohackersummit.com. And uh, yeah, we would appreciate if any of this information we just shared was interesting to you. You know, use tweet, send send a tweet to us with uh, hashtag Biohacker Summit, and we'll be uh, you know honor to reply and, and send you more information. Now, one of the themes of Biker Summit, uh, which is our, by the way, our fifth year anniversary, is going to be optimize your day. Basically, if you take a single day of your life from the moment when you wake up to the moment when you go to sleep, what would you do? If you master one day of your life, you know, you, know, you have the keys to your own destiny um, because in the end, you are what you repeat. You are 
a series of patterns. And one of the key pattern is definitely what you usually engage yourself in a typical day. So how you do things, how you plan things, how you eat, how you move, how you play, how you think, how you recover, how you track and improve uh, your health and status. And uh, we have some of the best speakers and exhibitors that will help you to dive deep into optimizing your sleep, your daily routines, your, your cognitive performance, um, uh, things like um, high performance and high resilience, stress management, how you optimize your body and your exercise, and things like what Oli would be talking about, your nutrition, uh, things that are related to the deep understanding of nutrition, what goes on in, in your body, things like metabolism, fasting. Uh, we'll dive also deep into ketogenic diets. That's kind of one of the big trends now in biohacking. We'll also look at time management and essentialism. Uh, and in the end, uh, how you become a resilient human being, how you optimize a single day of your life. So um, uh, I, I, I think that's, uh, that's a pretty um, uh, important area for anyone to focus on is, is really uh, what your typical day is. So Oli, can you share like maybe a few tips of your day when it comes to optimizing your nutrition? Mm, if you shared a few things like kind of lessons learned, rules in thumb that you deploy, you know, every day as much as you can to make sure that you're making the right food choices and you, you get the best possible nutrition into your body. Like what would you go for? Yeah, I can tell what works for me best. Basically, um, when I wake up for the first part of the day, I would focus on hydration and also maybe getting the electrolytes. That would be best for me. And if I eat something, then it's good if it's something along the lines of the ketogenic diet. And then if I would do exercise, I haven't had much maybe time or something to do much of that. But if I would do, then maybe I would do some carbs after that. And then when the nighttime comes, usually I crave some carbohydrates or some sweet things. That's the kind of thing that generally works for me. Right. And when I have had a lot, had a lot of liquids in the morning or even noon and that kind of thing, so then when I start eating, then I don't have to drink much anymore. Mm. I see. Uh, so um, hydration, um, getting your macro and micronutrients in place. Uh, those are the things that you focus on. Yeah, more of the fats in the morning and maybe some carbs in later in the day. Right, okay. And electrolytes, hydration, all that. I, I went to a restaurant with you recently and I noticed you ordered like maybe seven different um, super liquids. Uh, you know, there was, yeah. uh, there was a lot there with turmeric there was uh, that was with coconut milk. There was another latte with uh, beetroot. Um, maybe there was some tea that you were also um, yeah. drinking on. Uh, there was a shot of uh, some healthy nutrient dense uh, superfood, sea buckthorn, all that, and and water kefir. I was just going crazy because it was a really nice restaurant, so I had to try everything. But mm. still, there was a, there is a pattern there. I go for a selection of liquids if I can. Right. So, so that absorbs more readily and uh, it helps you to fo stay focused also because I noticed you were working and you pretty much worked the whole day in that restaurant. That's not a really good idea. Like you should go up and down if you can, but I was mm. just yeah, going through things. I see. 
Okay, cool. Uh, so we, we are all um, looking forward to having you at the Biker Summit and also, uh, you know, be present for the book launch of your English book, um, Supermarket Survival. Um, if you live in Finland, you can already get Supermarket Survival here in Finnish language. If not, you have to come to Biker Summit, uh, bikersummit.com. Check it out. And uh, with that, you know, stay optimized, optimize your day, feel good and fix your nutrition. You know, get some healthy fats, you know, some carbohydrates, look for the quality in that case and make, make sure you get the electrolytes and micronutrients in place and care about the quality of your food. I guess those are the big lessons from you, Oli. So thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, exactly. Thanks a lot for this. Awesome. So we'll see you next time. Uh, next uh, Monday, I think, I will be interviewing Max Gosler, who is uh, one of the people who is driving biohacking in Germany. And uh, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, there's other people like Max Lugerer coming along. Um, I also try to get some time with uh, Mad Ventures, uh, Riko Rantala and Tunna Milanov. Those are some people in Finland that are very, very well known for their work in television. And those guys are high performance if something and they're definitely going to share some exotic things so follow us at bikersummit.com check out biker's handbook also and supermarket survival and we'll see you next time thank you very much Music.